Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code Food Heals. Want more physical, emotional, and spiritual stories of healing? Get the book Food Heals on Amazon today. We want to demystify veganism and what it means and how it directly impacts on your health. Um, Knowing the power of my dollar, what industries that I want to support, and also when people support my business, what they're supporting. It's kind of a circular nature of business and the food. So I don't think I'm ever going to not be vegan or like non-vegan food at this point. However you start veganism, I feel like once you make that connection, I think it's really hard to go back. Well, when you meditate, you get to connect with your soul, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you get to quiet out all the noise, quiet out all the stress, and really center in on what really matters so you can understand why am I here? What is my purpose? You literally say the truth without brutality. So I'm not brutally honest, I'm compassionately honest. Meaning, when you're quiet, you can hear more. But if you don't speak up, you become part of the problem. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben & Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. As you know, I'm a huge supporter and ally of the Black Lives Matter movement, and I'm also a plant-powered vegan. So I decided to go back into the archives for today's episode and talk to some of our favorite black vegans who have been on the show and share some powerful, inspiring stories with you. I'm super inspired personally right now, very fired up. This weekend was the big Black Lives Matter protest and pride parade here. We marched from Hollywood to West Hollywood in solidarity with Black Lives Matter and the LGBT community. It was absolutely beautiful and peaceful. And I just encourage you that if you can get out there, if you can get out to a peaceful march, it really is powerful to be a part of a movement that you believe in. And if you go to my Instagram at Allison Melody TV, You can see some of the footage and photos from the march. You might even recognize some people, some people who have been on the show many times before, like Whitney Lauritsen, Jason Robel, Nicole Dursway, a few others. Um, So go check that out. But let's get right into the show. You're going to hear from Koya Webb. She's a yoga superstar. You're going to hear from Charlie Fife of Charlie's Brownies. Eric Adams, the borough president of Brooklyn and fellow vegan. We've got Jessica Shea, the organizer of Vegan Street Fair. And we'll wrap up with NBA superstar and plant-powered athlete, John Sally. These are just some of the amazing vegans of color changing the world. One veggie burger or a vegan brownie, in Charlie's case, at a time. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. 
Koya Webb is a yoga superstar and celebrity holistic health coach. And in this first clip, my co-hosts of the day, Ella Majors and I had a blast talking about the power of the body to heal with yoga and a plant-powered diet. If you want to feel inspired, her Instagram is the most beautiful feed full of motivational posts. Follow at Koya Webb. Roll it, Roxy. So can you tell us how you got into the world of yoga and veganism and consciousness? Like, how did this all start for you? Well, you know, I think that a lot of people will look at all those pictures and look at all those things and be like, man, she she's so lucky. She has it all together. But it didn't start out that way. Sure. I started off very insecure. I didn't have a lot of uh, self-worth or self-value or self-love. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn to build that over time. And what did it first for me was athletics. Yeah. You know, really starting to get out there and and do something that just made me feel good about myself and the fact that, you know, I could run fast, you know, <laughs> it brought me a lot of joy. And I ran all through high school. And uh, my second year in college, I was running, I was slated to win the conference meet. And I got a stress fracture in my back. A stress fracture. Stress fracture. And what does that feel like? It feels like you're walking down the street and someone just stabs you in the back. Oh, my God. And you drop to the ground in pain. You're like, ah, what just happened? And, of course, nobody's there. So I go to the doctor and they're like, oh, yeah, you have a stress fracture in your back. Everything works from there. So... The doctor's like, you're out for this season. I'm like, what? You know, I had a full ride. I had a full scholarship. This is my way out of the country. You know, I grew up in a trailer, part of milk. We didn't have much. And, you know, my mom and dad worked really hard to, you know, get us to where we could at least go to school, have an education and have, you know, decent things. So for me, I love to travel. I love to see the world. We would go on one trip every summer. And mm-hmm. I told myself, you know what, I'm going to work hard. I want to go to school. And eventually I want to travel the world. Yeah. So for me, track and field was my ticket out of the country to be able to travel. And once I heard your season's over, mm-hmm. I went into a very dark place of just self-loathing. And what am I going to do? You know, when athletes say track is life, basketball is like, it really is. You eat, breathe, and sleep it. Mm-hmm. And when all of a sudden, for no apparent reason, it disappears, you're just left with this emptiness. Yeah. And so I felt this emptiness, and I was like, well, what? who am I? I was crying through classes, and my teacher was like, I'm sorry, Koye, like, I need you to go see the counselor. You're really, you know, very bothered. And so I went to the counselor. She was like, why don't you try yoga? And at this time, yoga was not popular. Mm. <laughs> it was not trending. And I was like, what is that? I'm a Southern girl. I was like, is that worshiping Buddha or something? Yeah. <laughs> you We're know Southern how? girls. We but get it. I yeah. had no <laughs> idea. And so she's like, no, no, no. It's just stretching. You know, bless her heart for just getting me in the room. Right. right? So she's like, it's just stretching. So I went in to just stretch. First class, this woman had me standing on my head. Mm-hmm. I felt like my brain was going to ooze. I was like, this is not for me. I'm tenderheaded. I can't do this. this is, like, <laughs> That's a hard I'm, introduction to your you know, first right? class. I was <laughs> like, this is, why are people doing this and saying it feels good? It doesn't feel good. Why are they lying? You know? <laughs> so I was just so confused. And so the teacher saw me looking perplexed, basically. And she walks over. She's like, don't, I don't want you to start there. I want you to just breathe. Yeah. And we took this inhale together. And I felt this connection to spirit. Mm-hmm. Something that I hadn't felt since I got baptized when I was like 12 years old. I remember asking my mom and dad, like, when do I know I'm supposed to get baptized? They were like, you'll feel it. I was like, okay, I'm waiting every Sunday. I want to feel it. I want to feel it. What am I supposed to feel exactly? And I see people, you know, (laughs) catching the Holy Ghost. I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling that exactly. (laughs) Not knowing what this feeling is supposed to be. And then one day I just felt this tingle all over my head. I think that's it. I think that's, 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 
thing I'm supposed to be feeling. And so I consider that like uh, the Holy Spirit. And I felt it in that moment mm-hmm. when I took the breath with the teacher. And I'm like, I want to be okay. So I continue with the teacher. I continue breathing and calming myself and practicing yoga and meditation. After a year, I healed my body with yoga, meditation. I started swimming and biking. The next year, I won the conference meet and led Wichita State to his first women's championship. Wow. What a story. Yeah, wow. it was it was really a dream come true because I seriously was like, there's no way. I just need to just breathe into the moment. And at that time, I didn't know I was going to go on to do that. At that time, mm-hmm. I was just getting through every day and every breath, mm-hmm. just moment by moment. And so that's kind of my journey into yoga and meditation and holistic health. And from there, I just kept studying and learning, eventually leaving. I was like, thanks, yoga. I just want to come with me, you know. And then <laughs> I got injured again and I came back to it. And then I was like, you know what? Yoga is a beautiful gift to my life. How can I be consistent? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign up for a yoga teacher training. And I became a yoga teacher. Best thing I ever did with my life. I thought I was going to win a gold medal and inspire the world to live a healthy and active lifestyle by winning a gold medal. I didn't win a gold medal. I didn't go to Olympics. But I'm still inspiring people to live a healthy and active yes. lifestyle through yoga and meditation. And I couldn't be more happy. That is so beautiful. And you know, sometimes life doesn't go as we plan. And I think so many people we interview on this show, they get thrown for a loop and their plans get altered, but it ends up being like the best thing that could have ever happened. Right. So tell us about yoga and what it can do for us. Like, how is it a healing practice that we can all incorporate into our lives? Well, I think the healing part is that, you know, I really believe we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And what yoga does, it helps you connect with your breath and helps you connect with your soul. The only thing that we leave here with, you know, our bodies, they eventually will go into the ground right. and disintegrate. There's not enough yoga to make us not die. <laughs> yeah, we're not, not going to change you. Know, maybe you'll <laughs> levitate, but, you know. And so it connects you with that. And so we all get bombarded with the media, you know, from social media to the magazines to all these things. Yeah. Well, when you meditate, you get to connect with your soul, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you get to quiet out all the noise, quiet out all the stress, and really center in on what really matters so you can understand why am I here? What is my purpose? And a lot of people, they're like, I don't know my purpose. Really because they've been looking in magazines for the purpose. They've been listening to parents for the purpose. They've been listening to friends for the purpose. But once you go within through the breath work and meditation, you realize like, oh, that's where I find my purpose. And you start to listen and you start to be guided and you start to meet the people that you're supposed to meet. You go yeah. to places mm-hmm. that you need to go. You're actually divinely guided by your soul when you take the time to stop and listen. So meditation helps you go within, helps you you know, not only relieve stress and gain flexibility and look great. You know, all those things are like honestly icing on the cake. To right. me, the biggest benefit of meditation and yoga, it, it does connect you to your soul. And from there, all the answers are unfolding one day at a time, one breath at a time. It's beautiful. 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 We're like, <laughs> Ella and I are like, so tell us more. <laughs> yeah, because I, I started my yoga journey maybe eight years ago mm-hmm. because my body was falling apart at, at in my late 20s from doing Muay Thai. I was, mm. I was doing Muay Thai hardcore, and I was this intense person. I'm like, I'm tough. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yoga's for woo-woo people, you know. <laughs> yes, and I'm a tough girl. Yeah, and I was trying to break, at that time, trying to break the vegan stereotype type and I'm like everybody thinks vegans have to do yoga so I'm like I'm not doing yoga I'm like you know I want to prove them wrong 
man, it was the best thing when I finally accepted. I, I, I resisted, resisted. When you finally get to that acceptance of, let me give this a fair shot, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Let yeah. me slow down for a moment and give this a fair shot. And when I did that, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny because, you know, in the world we come from different lineages and different religions and all these different things but i feel like yoga just brings it back to one Mm -hmm. we are one we are unified through the breath you know we all have the breath if not then we won't be here you know and so (laughs) that's that oneness that we can connect on and Mm -hmm. that's how you have compassion for other people that's how you how you have compassion for animals you understand that we're all connecting in this beautiful way and from that way you can breathe into so many other things like you Mm -hmm. can still be tough and fit and yeah or you can be zen and chill Mm -hmm. and you can be whatever you want to be as long as you're connected Mm -hmm. to your soul you know what goes out from there is whatever you choose you know life is a choice but connecting to your soul I don't think is an option you want to miss I just got the chills I know (laughs) you got the Holy Spirit girl I love it All right, to hear the rest, listen to episode 217 of Food Heals, and you can learn more about Koya at koyaweb.com. Next up, we're throwing it all the way back to episode 141, where Susie and I chatted with the vegan brownie man himself, Charlie Fife from Charlie's Brownies. Charlie's Brownies now makes organic, gluten-free, refined sugar-free vegan cupcakes and brownies, and they are absolutely to die for. Roll it, Roxy. You have a, such a lovely, bright smile. Oh, like Charlie you. has an amazing that. energy. I know. And mm-hmm. his hair. I want his and hair. And beautiful hair. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a nice big man bun. <laughs> and you just came from my favorite place, Gracias Madre. Oh, man. It's, it's so great over there. The atmosphere is great. And even though it's a little overcast today, it's always a great vibe over there. Yeah. And the food is to die for. Oh, it's delicious. It's so good. Even non-vegans love it. It doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. can bring anyone in there and they're like, yes. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's vegan, Mexican, but like with a flair. Yeah, I would say so. And the <laughs> drinks help. The, the bar is incredible. And the, the margaritas definitely okay. set it off. Has anyone had the CBD infused cocktail yet? No, have? we have to go have that. I know. Maybe after. I have not, but that sounds great. <laughs> so tell us about Charlie's Brownies. Um, Charlie's Brownies is a vegan, gluten-free, organic dessert company that specializes in the brownie. So we start with a brownie and then we take it in all different directions. We go to different flavors of brownies. We have blondies, which is the cousin of a brownie. Mm. You can even go a million ways with that because it's kind of a neutral palette. And you can go to pumpkin, you can go to matcha, you can go you know, to pure white chocolate. So that's a lot of fun. And then kind of uh, the brand is about expanding what's possible with the brownie. So brownie cupcake, brownie cake brownie ice cream sandwich anything brownie it's really a niche company we have your cupcake companies your cookie companies then i'm the brownie company and why the brownie uh brownies was my favorite dessert growing up (laughs) Um, naturally i was the brownie monster eating brownies all the time and i actually started selling them in high school and it kind of just became a natural thing and my name's charlie so i developed the nickname charlie brown the brownie man and i (laughs) I kind of just stuck with it and uh, i started making money selling brownies so it was really organic, that process. But you weren't always a vegan company. So what made you make the switch? Um, it's actually funny. The brownies made me go vegan, if that makes any sense. I can explain that as well. Yeah. Yes, um, please explain. Uh, uh, okay. So um, I used to go to events and like bring party platters and sample my brownies. Hey, check it out. I, I make brownies. You can order for your events and weddings and blah, 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 blah. 
then I would have people come to me and say, oh, man, this looks so good, but I'm sorry, I can't eat it. Or, oh, I don't eat butter or I don't I can't do milk or just I would hear a million different things. And it was blowing my mind how many people would walk away and couldn't support my business Mm -hmm. because of either a dietary preference or allergy or something the other. So I was saying, dang, like I got to capitalize on on these other people here. it, It hurts me every time they walk away and they can't have my dessert i don't Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. so uh, i said hey i need a vegan option or a gluten-free option so i started playing around and i remember there was one event i went to where it was the first event i'd ever brought a extra platter that was had a vegan label on it's like okay this is the vegan ones anybody here is vegan i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear you know i can't eat this so there was one guy uh his name is lasse he came over to my booth about 45 times and uh, he kept eating the brownies and he kept apologizing like dude these are so good i'm so sorry but i just i can't have this stuff very often and i'll buy you a beer after and whatever i'm like oh okay that's fine (laughs) that's cool with me so uh, after i sold out and closed up i went inside and had a chat with this guy and turns out he was vegan for 11 years and uh, he's like a life coach and a fitness guy and model does all kind of stuff and cool he started to tell me about this program he was putting on called My Vegan Journey, mm-hmm. which is uh, he was taking five people under his wing for 90 days and you had to commit to a vegan lifestyle, meaning no animal products, um, nothing. And he would guide you along the way, you know, weekly talk and group meetings and help you with a meal plan and fitness plan. And I said to myself, wow, like, this sounds pretty cool. And it was like a $700 value and he actually offered me to be in the program absolutely free. Wow. For- and after that program, ever since then, I actually was, stayed vegan and changed my company completely vegan. That took about a year changing the recipes. And so. And I was going to ask uh, you, like, how long did it take you? How did you go about the process of keeping them really tasty, which I'm assuming they're amazing? Um, oh, they're getting, amazing. Getting rid of like the, the, the animal products. How long did it take you to find your next recipe, your vegan recipe? It took a little longer than anticipated because at the same time, I also wanted it to be gluten-free. So I was mm. tackling gluten-free baking, which is kind of new, and yeah. and vegan baking all at once. Yeah. And they um, often go hand in hand. I feel like so, nowadays, like if people are getting on the vegan bandwagon, they're also like, well, we should make it gluten-free. Yeah. Right? Uh, my belief is that if there's two products and one's gluten-free and one's not, and they taste the same then the gluten-free one is the better choice because it's just easier to digest and more people can eat it. Right. Changing the recipes, it took about a year and a half, a while. Was it a Um, lot of trial and error? Was it a lot of research, both? It was both. A lot lot of of, tasting? A lot of taste tests, (laughs) a whole lot. And it was weird because what I should have done was just shut my business down and said, we're going to reopen when I figure this out. (laughs) But I didn't want to lose my business and my customers. So there was one point, I think it was a period of four months where I wasn't saying anything. I was just all my old customers. I was still giving, I was giving them vegan brownies and not telling them. (gasps) And, And they didn't know. If they were amazing at that point, they wouldn't have cared. But it was at that weird point where I wasn't that great at it yet. Mm -hmm. So So I did did lose some customers. Yeah. Yeah, And I tried to fix it later on, but everything ended up being okay, obviously. Yeah. But um, I was kind of stubborn, but eventually I got much better at it through trial and error and getting feedback and actually doing actual vegan events and hearing from vegans. That was very helpful. Yeah. And now you do all the vegan events. I've seen you there. Yeah. Last year in 2016, I did 27 food festivals in seven months. I traveled everywhere. I did a lot in SoCal, of course. I did the Bay Area a lot, once a month, actually. Um, I did Portland, Vegas, Denver, Chicago, and Toronto all last year. So that was fun. The brownie <laughs> tour. 
I call it. <laughs> and so what made you not go back to the animal product brownies? Just learning so much of a few documentaries <laughs> kind of, you know, hit me a certain way and just having compelling conversations with other vegans and being part of the community um, kind of kept me strong. And um, knowing the power of my dollar, what industries that I want to support, and also when people support my business, what they're supporting. It's kind of a circular nature of business and the food. So I don't think I'm ever going to not be vegan or like non-vegan food at this point. Cool. Should we do a taste test? Yes. What did you bring uh, us? Dun, dun. <laughs> uh, I brought you the classic. Okay. Um, the dark chocolate, um, vegan, gluten-free, organic Charlie's brownie. You can start with the, you know, the traditional one and then. Okay, it says dark chocolate brownie, dairy-free, and gluten-free. Yes. Yum. So I have I have a confession. I've had it because I go to all the festivals. Oh, okay, okay. And I've had it with like vegan ice cream. And oh, it's yeah. amazing. But Thank well, let's you. Susie and Roxy, you want a taste test? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. It smells chocolatey. Fair trade chocolate. Mm. <laughs> okay, who's taking the first bite? I am. I'm not waiting. Sorry, Roxy. <laughs> <laughs> Already gone. Susie ate the whole thing. Mm. Very exciting. Delicious. It's not oh, like too. Yeah. Sometimes when they have dark chocolate, it's like too much. Yeah. It's delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Try to keep it balanced, you know. Buy this. Where do you sell it? Um, currently, the only place to really get the brownies is Yoga Ert, which is mm-hmm. um, a really awesome dairy-free soft serve shop in Glendale. Um, they carry my brownies as uh, like a topping for the ice cream. We also have uh, a salted caramel brownie milkshake. That's actually not on the menu. It's, it's kind of a secret menu. Shit, I um, need to go there. <laughs> yeah. The and... more I'm eating, the better it's get. Like, the middle is getting even gooier. It's so good. Sorry, I'm just going to eat. Can um, you imagine um... if it was warmed up and all gooey? Yeah, but it doesn't need to be. That's it's delicious. highly suggested. Uh, warming, warming it up is definitely suggested, and eating with ice cream is definitely mm. also suggested. Mm. But it's good on its own as well, so... Yeah. Is there coconut oil in here? Yes. I can the, taste it. Well, the two fats are coconut oil and cacao butter. That's it. So you also do motivational speaking and you work with the youth and your communities. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, ever since I discovered entrepreneurship, well, I got my first contract while I was a student at Cal. Um, when I was a junior, the coffee shop on campus actually picked up my brownies and started selling them. So I would have to make deliveries all the time. And That's great. Yeah. I was able to quit my, what was it called? Work study mm-hmm. uh, job. And I was just selling brownies. And to me, that was a fun life. I was like, wow, like I can do something I like and I'm, you know, paying my rent and whatever, like right now. So um, when I found out that that was possible and that you could just, you know, do what you want to do in life instead of having to go work somewhere you don't want to work, I just kind of wanted to share that story with other people. So I went on a tour when I was like 18 um, to a bunch of colleges and spoke about entrepreneurship and what's possible. And then after that, I in LA, I would speak at middle schools and mainly in like underserved neighborhoods, like near Crenshaw and mm-hmm. things like that. And just let them know that to expand your mind, if you want to do something, it's possible. If you have an idea, there's ways that you can help people solve a problem and make a living all at once. And it's really just promoting that simple of a message that I feel it's not promoted enough and there's not enough tools out there all the time for people to actually pursue something like that. So I kind of offered myself up to a lot of youth across the country and I still have mentees and people that I met when they were 15 and now they're 20 and starting a business and things like that. So to me, that's fun and um, it's just a good way to circulate knowledge and blessings that I've been blessed with and mentors that I've had that have been successful just passing down, you know, kind of like a pipeline. 
No, I love it. And I think it's so important to get this message to the underserved communities, especially right now when it seems like everything is in jeopardy. And what am I going to do with, I can't imagine being a young person right now and going, what am I going to do with my life? Do I have any options? And so to say, yes, you have options and you don't have to follow the status quo and the nine to five and the things that you may think that you have to follow is incredible and giving them those tools and to be a voice for their community and to really, you know, stand up and say, well, what's happening in their communities, first of all, and then second of all, what they can do to change their communities is so important right now. All right, to hear the rest with Charlie, listen to episode 141 of Food Heals. You can follow Charlie's adventures on Instagram at Charlie's Brownies. More amazing vegans to watch coming up next. But first... This is really exciting, Food Heals Nation. You know, if you are a regular listener of this show, that I refuse to put anything unnatural inside of my body, and I'm not willing to mess with my hormones. In fact, I actually stopped taking birth control after college, and I have never looked back. But when looking for birth control, finding one that's both natural and effective can feel downright impossible. It like it doesn't exist, right? Wrong. It does. Finally, there's an answer for all women looking for a natural and effective alternative for birth control. It's called Natural Cycles, and it's today's sponsor. I was tracking my cycle naturally, but this is next level, so I'm so excited to share it with you. Natural Cycles is the first and only FDA-cleared birth control app. It is hormone-free and so easy to use. You're just going to take your temperature as soon as you wake up and enter it into the Natural Cycles app for the most accurate read. The Natural Cycles will use the data to determine when you're ovulating. Natural Cycles is 93% effective in preventing pregnancy when used typically and 98% effective when used perfectly. Those are pretty good odds. I really, really appreciate what they're doing for women because I've used some of the other apps out there and frankly, they have not been accurate. Natural Cycles also helps you monitor your moods and recommends great times, the best times for doing your breast exams and more. You can use Natural Cycles to plan your pregnancy. Just switch your app settings from prevent to plan. So you can use it either way, whether you want to have a child right now or whether you want to wait. So I am just so glad that they reached out. You can get your thermometer. You can get on the app right away. Natural Cycles is the natural and effective birth control alternative alternative you have been searching for. I know I have been. Go to naturalcycles.com slash foodheals. Use the promo code foodheals to get 20% off an annual subscription plus a free thermometer. That's naturalcycles.com slash foodheals, promo code foodheals. I really appreciate that awesome discount. Again, you get 20% off a year-long subscription and a free thermometer sent straight to your door. You must be 18 years or older and Natural Cycles does not prevent or protect from STDs. But check it out. I'm so excited about it and I know you will be too. Naturalcycles.com slash foodheals. Next up, we've got a clip from episode 232 with former Democratic state senator and police officer and current borough president of Brooklyn, Eric Adams. This one was co-hosted by Leslie Durso. Eric is determined to empower people to heal themselves because he healed himself with a plant-based diet. Roll it, Roxy. 
tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. I am a retired captain in the New York City Police Department. After leaving serving as a police officer, I became a state senator in New York State. And after serving seven years there, I moved on to my current role as the borough president of Brooklyn. Probably in California or other municipalities, it's identified as the county executive. We have five boroughs here in New York, five counties. One of those counties is Brooklyn, the largest of the other four. We have 2.6 million people, extremely diverse. If we were a separate city, we would be the third largest city in America. So we have a lot of input in the policies that impact the entire city. And I just want to say thank you so much for all of your service. You have led an entire life of it. And it's just, it's very, um, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you very much. So I really want to talk about your health journey. Like Leslie and I, you are plant-based and you are spreading the message in the community. And I would love to hear why you decided to go vegan. I think that's such a a fascinating question because it is a journey and the journey started out in 2016 and it's continued to evolve. I believe I'm nowhere near where I'm going to go. And I, you know, I started out of concern of my personal health and this journey has allowed me now to be concerned about the health of not only Eric Adams, but every animal and every other human being. So it's an evolution. There's a lot of hope, I believe, in those who never even saw this on uh, their plan of life journey. You know, life just sometimes just gives us surprises and put us on right paths. This started for me in 2016. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, and it was really at an advanced stage where I was receiving a physical problems because of that. I lost my vision in my left eye. I was losing it in my right. I had what was considered a diabetes-related permanent nerve damage in my hands and feet. My cholesterol was high. My blood pressure was high. I had a small ulcer in my stomach. And I was just having a lot of medical problems that, you know, men ignore and just mm-hmm. sort of suck it up. The macho, I think the macho attitude <laughs> of becoming a cop you just sort of deal with your pain and you internalize and move forward. And after visiting several doctors here, some of the best endocrinologists and blood experts and diabetes experts, they all basically told me that because diabetes ran in my family, according to them, there was not much that could be done that I was eventually going to go down the dark hole of what diabetes really is laid out for you, which can lead Mm -hmm. to lead to amputation of my toes and feet, and as well as eventual vision loss and possible kidney failure. Oh, and what were you, what were you feeling at that time hearing this? Were you terrified? Were you, and what were you eating at this time? I, I was eating the standard American diet, uh-huh. which basically meant meat was the center of my universe and my plate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fast food, Oftentimes, processed food, there was not one cake that I didn't like. So it was a <laughs> I <constant>. hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a constant American lifestyle. I, I enjoyed just consuming anything from a hamburger to a cheeseburger to French fries. The 
definition of good food was as salty as possible, as sweet as possible, fried as possible, all those things that you think you're satisfied in your taste bud, but you were just doing some major damage uh, to your inside. And what was really fascinating, people often say, well, Eric, you know, you look fine. And I think that sometimes we spend too much time on an external selfie and we don't take internal Mm -hmm. selfies to really see what's going on on the inside. A hundred percent. And so did you switch over just one day, light bulb, cold turkey, or did you ease your way into the vegan diet? And I love that question because, you know, we're not all the same. And I often share with people that my type A personality may be different than another person's personality. And we should not believe we all have to find the same roadway to get to the same destination. My personality has always been just give me my marching orders and I will follow those marching orders. Other people need, you know, different support mechanism in place. And I don't think anything is wrong with that. And they shouldn't beat themselves up because they find a different methodology to get the success they look for. With me, I went to see a great doctor in Ohio, Dr. Esselstyn, who's at the Cleveland Clinic, and he gave me instructions. And I returned to New York City with those instructions. I took a lot of notes and just started with reading How Not to Die from Dr. Gregor when I flew down on a plane. And yes, I, we love Dr. Gregor too. <laughs> and and I also saw the great video Forks Over Knives, which was just amazing. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Because what Forks Over Knives did for me, it gave me the clear roadmap on how to start. And when I returned to New York, I just cleaned out my cupboards and removed all of those items that was on the bad list and started filling my cupboards and my fridge with those items that was on the good list. And it was an instant start. Three weeks later, my vision cleared up. Wow. In three weeks. Wow. Yes. Yes. It was amazing. Trust me. (laughs) I was was just as surprised as, you know, as others. And even my ophthalmologist was blown away. But three months later, my A1C reversed, the ulcer went away, my ner- the nerve damage in my hands and feet went away, and it just was a complete change. Wow. In such a short period of time, it always inspires me how quickly these health changes can happen and your body knows how to heal itself. And so it just goes to work when you feed it what it needs to heal. Mm -hmm. What an incredible story. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And now you're sharing this with your community. You're hosting vegan meetups in Brooklyn. Can you tell us more how you're trying to spread the plant-based message with this amazing platform that you have? It's so true. And what you stated about the body really wants to heal is so important that the natural state of the body is not to be sick, but to heal. Yep. It mm-hmm. kicks into automatic gear. Whenever there's a foreign object, it just wants to remove that object and it wants to heal. A clear indicator of that, if you cut your finger or break your arm or get a cold or the flu, the body just kicks in gear and it just start healing. And, yeah. and all it asks in return is such a good friend and a great partner. It's just asking in return, 
to be given the fuel so it can churn out and churn the engine that allows it to reach its destination. And we have just really have not given it the fuel that it needs. It's an ama- it's amazing that it is able to do what it does, even with the, the constant poison that we do to it. And it still provides us a good 50, 60 years of without breaking down. And so the message that we are sending to people here and the borough of Brooklyn and throughout the city is how, how to make those steps towards a healthy lifestyle. And we're, yeah. we're doing it in a very creative fashion because we know this is an ocean liner and it's not going to turn around instantly. So we're, <laughs> t- we're slowly turning it into take the right course. And one of the big things we're doing is starting with our children. We're doing several initiatives. One of them is the Meatless Monday initiative that we're doing, allowing people to see that you don't have to have meat at the center of your life. And once you can start Mm -hmm. ending meat on Monday, you can see that you don't need it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday also. But the first thing is to see that you can live without uh, meat. We're also doing several vegan meetups and vegan curious events where we're just allowing people to come and share the space of Borough Hall and talk to people and ask those questions to really understand what veganism is. We want to demystify veganism yeah, and what it means and how it directly impacts on your health. And we're doing that by using Borough Hall as a place where people can meet and interact and talk. We're doing some creative things around 10-day challenges, 29-day challenges, where people who are dealing with health issues, we're allowing them to do their blood write up to see their numbers and then do a 10 or 29-day challenge to see the results of how successful they are. Oh, that's incredible. What a wonderful thing to offer the community. All right, to hear the rest with Eric, go back to episode 232 of Food Heals. You can follow Eric on Instagram at BP Eric Adams for borough president. So BP Eric Adams. Next up is a snippet from Susie and I's interview with Vegan Street Fair founder Jessica Shea. Vegan Street Fair is one of my favorite events, and I just cannot wait until we're allowed to have large gatherings again because the world is not the same without Vegan Street Fair. Roll it, Roxy. I love your festival. I've been to Vegan Street Fair. I've been to Vegan Nights. It's so fun. And you guys had the best band. That band was amazing. (laughs) Where did you find them? (laughs) My husband and I went to a wedding in Orange County like three or four years ago. And we saw them. And I I think the whole entire time during their performance, I was picking my jaw up off the ground because they were so fun and so funny. So when we had this idea for Vegan Street Fair Nights and we were talking about entertainment, I mean, we just knew that they had to be there. And it's funny because we keep take, we keep talking about like, what are we going to do next year, you know? And everyone keeps saying, well, you have to bring flash pants back. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just going to bring them back. Makes my life easier. But they were that good that people want to see them again. I mean, I know I do. I've yes. seen them before and their performance was incredible to me at night. So I can't imagine it any other way. So Susie, what they do is they're dressed up in these like badass costumes. And then they are like running around the whole festival dancing. They're singing like great songs. Like it is so crazy and so fun. That sounds fun. It was. I love their name. Yeah. Flash Pants. Flash Pants. 
Yeah. They wear the, these little skimpy short shorts. <laughs> yeah. And these fake mustaches. I mean, they're straight out of the 80s. It's, yeah. It's a good time. It's so fun. <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to become vegan and then start Vegan Street Fair. My experience actually came out of an experience at SeaWorld. My husband and I went to SeaWorld on our second wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was obviously pre-vegan. Mm-hmm. And I had always said to him that, you know, I wanted to swim with the dolphins. And so he very sneakily got me this encounter with the dolphins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I was, you know, in the water with them and doing all these things with them. And I remember at one point staring at one of their eyes. And I just remember feeling like she was looking through me. It was wild. But at that time, mm. like right in the moment, it didn't click. Yeah. But I knew that there was something there. So I got home. I posted photos and a friend of mine on Facebook said, hey, you know, those animals don't like to be there. You know, yeah. that they're really like depressed. And I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, I was drinking the Kool-Aid at the time. Right? <laughs> yeah, you're like, no, they gave me a kiss on the cheek. They're so happy. They wave their flipper. They're happy. <laughs> right. They're totally- I'm like, SeaWorld does great things. Let me prove it to you. So I start researching and I spent the entire day on Google hmm. bawling my eyes out in tears And everything just started to kind of roll in at the same time. You know, I started seeing images of the cove and I started reading stories about how these dolphins, they try to commit suicide because they're so depressed and they're so smart that they understand what's happening to them, but they can't do anything about it. And slowly but surely things just started to make sense. So I think within like a month or less, I just made the entire switch like overnight. Well, it's not overnight, but you know, quote unquote, it was really quick. It was like, at that moment, I realized I didn't want anything to ever have to suffer for my enjoyment ever again. A month is pretty much overnight. You know what I mean? Yeah. In this grand scheme of things. To change your whole life way of thinking. Yeah. yeah and yeah. your diet. So yeah. I have yeah. to share something with you guys because I just was listening. I'm always listening to NPR because I love it. Yeah. And um, they had a fascinating, I love their science bits. And they had a whole story about one of their correspondents going on lo- uh, going along with this research boat that was trying to communicate with dolphins in the dolphin language cool yeah yeah so it was like they'd been doing this for a very long time but they were explaining all of this information about how like how they get the dolphins to engage and they dolphins apparently love they love toys right they're really smart Mm -hmm. like any smart animal really loves to play they're like dogs yeah and they love scarves because I guess scarves in water, they look at, you know, they're colorful and they float and they, to them, they're like, what? Like it really attracts them. So, and they built a machine that I think probably had a few dolphin quote unquote words or like ways to communicate, but they're trying, they were trying to establish a way to actually speak to dolphins, mm-hmm. like through wow. dolphin language. And it was fascinating to me just from a scientific standpoint and when they were talking about them, how smart they were and that, like, their whole language and, like, they have this whole way of, like, each dolphin has its own personal greeting. Like, instead of all saying hello, they each have their own unique way of doing it, which makes it even more complicated to try to talk with them. And then they even went back further. There was another woman in the 70s who was trying to also establish communication with a dolphin. But it's just so interesting that that's what brought you, Jessica, to where to on your journey, because I just was listening to this and it was also establishing to me how brilliant and beautiful these creatures are yeah. and what we're doing to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tragic. I think along those same lines, I really, I mean, we all know this, right? Because we're vegan and we know this, but my goodness, what would they tell us if they could? You know what I mean? Like, what mm-hmm. would they say about these experiences that they've had from the moment that they were taken from wherever they were taken from 
and put through these horrific conditions, what would they say? I don't know. I think that was for me why it was so easy to switch so quickly because you can't unknow that, you know, like you can very quickly say, you know, I know that eating a plant-based diet is really healthy for you. And so I'm going to do that. But I just, I just really want to eat like a cheeseburger right now. I feel like that switch can happen much more quickly. Mm -hmm. But I feel like once you make that connection on that really deep ethical level, I think everything changes. And I think everybody makes that leap on their own time and in their own way. Some people never do, right? But for the most part, like however you start veganism, I feel like once you make that connection, I think it's really hard to go back. And I think that's why people say all the time, you know, if you're if you're true vegan, you don't go vegan for a month, quote unquote, like you go vegan and there's no really turning back from that. Well, that's kind of what happened to me is I started actually the opposite. I started learning about it from the health perspective and going, oh, this is the most anti-cancer diet out there. And so for me personally, having both of my parents suffer from cancer, I was like, okay, for me never to get cancer, I have to go on this plant-based, mostly vegan diet as an organic and non-GMO. And that's what my initial goal was. And then I discovered factory farming and the abuse of the animals. And that's kind of what made me never go back. So I hear exactly what you're saying. But here's my question. When you were reading about the abuse of the dolphins, like we don't eat dolphin meat, right? So was it at the same time you started learning about other things and that's what convinced you? Like, how did you come to that decision? Yeah, I think everything just started to add up really quickly. And Taiji, you know, if anybody's familiar with the horrors that happen in Taiji every year, you know, the cove where they Mm -hmm. essentially capture all these dolphins in these coves once a year and they find the most quote unquote trainable dolphins and then they murder the rest of them because they're just trying to extract the most intelligent of the bunch. I mean, these are whole families, right? Dolphins travel in families. Um, and the waters run red and this it's just this whole thing. It's horrible. There's a documentary I called The Coach. Yeah, and it takes it them or... like 30 minutes to die. Do you know, I didn't so even watch suffering. it because I, I knew of it's the awful. content. I was like, I can't, yeah. I can't watch that. It's I didn't awful. even know that that's the reason that they do that. I thought they were just doing it for food, right? I assume maybe it was some delicacy or something, but they're doing it to extract the most intelligent and then kill the rest of them for just no reason. From my understanding, they do eat the meat. I think that some tuna is passed off as tuna, but it's actually dolphin meat. And so I think that maybe that's what it was for me, where I kind of made the connection that, okay, in Taiji specifically, or just dolphin captivity in general, they are capturing these animals for entertainment. And then they're also either killing them just for pure like sport and just because they're like, I don't want to have to deal with these dolphins again later. I want to just find the ones that are trainable. Um, but we're going to eat some of them as well. <laughs> it just felt like there was just so much there. And I just remember thinking, I don't want anything to suffer for me and my enjoyment ever again. And I think everything got lumped into that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I respect that. And, you know, I remember that one of the things that happens is as they're rounded up and selected for like, you get to go to SeaWorld and, you know, they're not killed at that time. Then they often die on the way because they die of shock while they're waiting, being transported to where SeaWorld or wherever they're going to go. Um, and so there's all these dolphins dying for absolutely no reason for our entertainment and for our, you know, delicacies. And it's just unnecessary. Um, so thank you for sharing that with us. And then how did this lead you to then form Vegan Street Fair, which is super fun, super high vibe, super high energy, delicious food, like 
the best food and at good prices. Like uh, they do really small portions. You can taste all this different like $17 for a salad. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) And then you can't eat for the rest of the event. Yeah, no. Yeah. You get to try all these different things and you can eat all day because you're not getting you could get filled up at one place if you ordered everything, but you can kind of sample. And so that's really nice. Mm-hmm. So the year that I went vegan, I, I'm from New York originally, and I had to go back to finish a couple credits at NYU. And it was my first time back home as a vegan. Mm-hmm. And it's very bizarre to go back to your city as a, as a vegan, because I don't know about you, but like when I travel places, I'm like, all right, where am I going to eat? I don't even talk about. Yeah, I'm like, where's the Whole Foods? Because that's the closest I'm going to get. <laughs> Right, right. So my goal when I went back home in 2011 was to eat at as many vegan or vegan friendly places in New York as possible because I was like, I've got four months here. I'm going to try to do this thing as best as I can because it was just this strange goal that I had set up for myself. And in trying to do that, I was using all the available apps out there. And there are some good ones, you know, Happy Mm -hmm. Cow and Yelp. And on more than one occasion, I had been sent to like closed venues or places that the Yelp algorithm will pull up that it's vegan, but Mm -hmm. it's just because someone typed in like, this steakhouse is awesome and totally not suitable for vegans. Yeah. (laughs) And for whatever reason, it gets pulled into the vegan search, which I'm like, okay, thanks. So I got really (laughs) frustrated. And I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to create a new app. I'm going to create something new, something that is crowdsourced, but also populated by me. And I spent about three years developing an app for this purpose. Mm -hmm. And in the process of like adding in all of these places in Los Angeles specifically, I remember saying, oh my gosh, I could live in LA for 10 years and never eat at all of these places. Yeah, we do have options. (laughs) So many options. So I thought, well, what if I create an event where they all came to me instead? Good for you. Like, I want to taste them all. Come to me. I want to eat everything and I don't want to have to do it in a matter, (laughs) you know, in like a 10-year span. So we played around with the idea. At first, it was going to be a veg fest because at that time, there were no veg fests. And now I think we've got like four. Yeah. But a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine in New York was like, veg fests are great and they do great, great things, but you probably want to try to do something different. So I came up with the idea to have it be a little bit more similar to like a New York City street fair, which is how I grew up going to these fairs that are all about culture and food and diversity and music and, you know, people just enjoying each other and being in close quarters, but loving it because you're just like high off the vibes. And then also I wanted to make it affordable because I can't tell you how many times I go to an event and I pay whatever, $30, $40 to get in. And then I'm also spending you know, $30 on food and I can only eat at a few places, which is frustrating for me as a foodie because I'm like, I want to eat a lot of things. Yeah, I want to try a lot of different things. So I wanted to just make it as affordable as possible and free and next to public transportation. So as many people as possible could visit, you know, not something that's out in a park somewhere where you have to go find it. I wanted like everyday people to be able to kind of stumble upon it on their walk to the grocery store or walking their dog or getting off the subway I wanted people to, to just look at it and be like, oh, what's this? And not feel like there was a barrier there. Yeah. You know, like this event is not for vegans. I say that and I hope that I don't offend anyone because it's called Vegan Street Fair, but it's got a higher purpose to me. It's like we have plenty of events. We know this game. All of us could go somewhere tomorrow and eat at 10 places in one day if we wanted to because we know how to make our food vegan if we're going to a non-vegan place. We know how to find the best vegan stuff. But non-vegans don't know that. And they don't even know that you know, a lot of the times. They don't even know how good vegan food is. So I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. And that's kind of how 
the bite size thing kind of came about. And how long have you been doing it? This is going to be my third year. That's awesome because it's a huge event. And I know you said it's not for vegans, but I feel like the whole vegan community turns out and people in the community that are just curious about trying new things comes out too. So it's super fun and it's always very crowded. Yes, (laughs) that it is. We've (laughs) expanded more because we just, we can't keep up. And when I say it's not for vegans, I don't mean to say like vegans don't come. Obviously, I want vegans to but you know, like for us, what is the goal? I mean, for me, I feel like the goal is to try to plant as many seeds as possible, sure. like create more vegans. So it's for vegans, but really this is a, this is like a marketing tool, I think, towards veganism for mostly non-vegan people to come and try food for cheap. If you've got 30 minutes to spend and you, you're walking your dog and you're like, oh, what's going on over here? And you find a booth and you get a friggin' vegan corn dog and you're like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty good. And that's a seed planted. You know, like I just feel like how many touch points can we have in a matter of eight hours that are potential future vegans? I think a lot. Yeah. And um, the good thing about it is that there's a lot of vegan junk food. And so that can help people realize like, oh, I can have this pizza or this veggie burger and it satisfies me and it tastes amazing. And maybe I'll have this again sometime. Maybe I'll do a meatless Monday or something like that. So every time that you help someone, you know, eat one more plant based meal that could save an an entire animal each day. So I think it's great Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Thanks. Yeah, that's the goal. All right, to listen to the rest of that episode, go back to episode 140 of Food Heals. And to learn more about Jessica and the Vegan Street Fair, go to veganstreetfair.com. And last but certainly not least, we are talking to one of the funniest vegans I've ever met, John Sally. But first, do you want clearer skin, more energy, and a simple pill you can pop to create beauty from the inside out? Um, yes, please. How about a more sustainable, natural way to improve your workouts, sharpen your focus, cut back on caffeine, and fight your chocolate cravings? Then look no further than Beauty Bits. Beauty Bits are pure spirulina algae tablets. They are made by our friends over at energybits.com. Beauty Bits are your answer for looking younger and feeling healthier. With over 40 micronutrients and plenty of protein, Beauty Bits will stop your cravings in their tracks, improve your focus, and give you a steady stream of energy throughout your day. So how does it work? The spirulina in Beauty Bits contains vitamin E, selenium, and tyrosine, which are all known for their powerful anti-aging effects. Spirulina helps your skin retain moisture, which is a major key to maintaining smoother and more hydrated skin. Check them out. You can get 20% off your Beauty Bits by going to energybits.com using the coupon code FOODHEALS. And the most amazing side effect of Beauty Bits is not only will they make you look radiant, they'll make you feel radiant, and they'll supercharge and super boost your immune system as well with greens. So 20% off Beauty Bits, energybits.com, coupon code FOODHEALS. All right, John Sally is an NBA star, a TV host, actor, and vegan activist. He has actually appeared on multiple, I think three or four episodes of Food Heals, and he contributed a beautiful chapter in my book, Food Heals, which is available on Amazon now. Yes, I will shamelessly self-promote my book on my own show. (laughs) All right, roll it, Roxy. Can you just start from the beginning a little bit? This can be quick. I was... I was born in a major. Uh, there's three dudes who are around. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, is your birthday coming up? It, it's past, but the Christians got it wrong. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. 
at Brooklyn Jewish Hospital, believe it or not. Uh, a fellow New Yorker. Wa- yeah, my mother wanted me to have uh, a moil do my circumcision, so I just thought I'd let that out there since that's a, really. Yeah, she was like, I didn't like my brothers at Kings County, so she didn't like it. So she took me. She said, the Jewish guys know how to get it right, so we're gonna take you right to a rabbi. The professionals. Yeah. And they were like, man, so much to work with. Okay, then <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't have a tool for this. Um, so then I, you know, my brothers play football. I played football. I got hit outside uh, in the cold. And I thought it was ridiculous that men were running into themselves and enjoying it. So I went into the gym where women were warm and wearing less clothes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I just knew that I wanted to get out of my project in Brooklyn wasn't that bad we were you know everyone oh man you're Brooklyn I always seen it different I had a great childhood uh, my parents worked uh, two you know my mother had two jobs my father had a job and a half or a really good job and, uh, and then I graduated from school as a top rated athlete in high school went to Georgia Tech uh, cut my teeth there graduated from Georgia Tech and played for Detroit Pistons won two championships then I went to Miami uh Found out what life was about. Then went to Toronto. Then went to Chicago. Found out what life is about. Wait, tell us more about that. When you're in Miami, <laughs> this is the only thing. It's Las Vegas without gambling, yeah. but a beach. So yeah. if you ever been to Las Vegas on a Friday or a Saturday, that's what it's like, and it's and it's constantly happening. I love the place, and uh, <clears throat> then I quit at 32 years old. Like I, I said, I was only going to play 10 years, and I did a pilot TV pilot. And uh, I went and played in Greece. And uh, I did the pilot the summer after winning a championship with the Bulls. Then I went to Greece for six weeks to wow. play, quit. Should have come back and played uh, in the NBA. And not, instead, I just chilled and stayed out here in Hollywood until that was 19 years ago. Until I was, you know, making it happen. And I've done a bunch of shows and and acted and and I was a vegetarian in 91 when I was 27 years old I, I went in microbiotics mm-hmm. I was a lying vegetarian that's what I call them a what? A lying. lying vegetarian a lying vegetarian I thought you said lying vegetarian I was like right. that's that'd be crazy that'd be a, <laughs> that'd be a skinny lion <laughs> that's a good website name lying vegetarian yeah, yeah lying vegetarian but I and then I just decided a pot, I did a PSA for PETA eight years ago and I just decided to never lie again when I turned 40. And I'm 51 now. So at 50, when I stopped lying, uh, it took 10 years to get it to the point where, you know, you literally say the truth without brutality. So I'm not brutally honest. I'm compassionately honest. Meaning, when you're quiet, you can hear more. So true. But if you don't speak up, you become part of the problem. So... <laughs> Mind equals blown through Hills Nation. <laughs> All right, so let's just go back to your plane ball and your doctor says, Look. Oh yeah. You're I not have... you're not doing so good. Yeah, Tell well, us about we're brought have... on the change. Well, it was uh I went had to get an insurance policy to uh earlier that year. I literally my liver was liver was um whatever my LDL uh, was that of a 37 year old man I was 27 mm-hmm. and they want to talk about pills I'm not going to talk about that company but they want to talk about pills and treatment and I was like well how did this happen 
And they were like, we don't know, just certain people genetically. That's the first thing the doctors give you a lie, and they want to blame it on your mother, father, grandfather, great-great-grandfather, the fact that you literally have problems with cholesterol. Well, there's a reason you have problems with cholesterol when you're an athlete is because they make you believe that egg whites are good for a human, right? right? They make you believe that you have these eggs and then you have sausage and you have some other carbohydrates and that's going to give you protein and that's going to make you stronger and keep going. What it does is it adds cholesterol, bad cholesterol to your body. And when I stopped eating chicken eggs or any kind of eggs, I stopped eating eggs, it changed what that was. It changed literally. And since then, since 1991, I've been working at detoxing my body. So for 25 years, I've been working on detoxing my body. For 27 years, I had intoxified my body like beyond liquor. Uh, the organs needed to be healed and worked on. So that's when I totally changed. Now I'm studying to be a holistic um, nutritionist, literally online. I'm taking this course online. That's awesome. Because everybody said, oh, you're a certified nutritionist? Like that makes a difference. <laughs> right. It doesn't make a difference. It I'm doesn't not... make a difference, but it does to that person. Right. Well, the <laughs> MBA said we bring you in, but you got to be a certified nutritionist. Right. Mm. And I go, why? Because, well, you can't work with the players and tell them what to do if you're not certified. I go, why? I just kept saying, why? And he was right. like, well, would you have a doctor work on you if he wasn't certified? I said, if he's a witch doctor. Yes. If he knows I'm more than I know. Right. If he's a witch doctor, <laughs> if we in Haiti, yeah. <laughs> Man, I got bit by Cinepeg. Uh, Cinepeg, somebody get this guy over here and get this going. Yeah, I would definitely. So just to shut up the naysayers, I'm just... You know, take some of the costs, go through the process. Well, you know what that is? That's just a validation of how much you've read and spewed back. And you probably right. know it all. Right. And that's why I said I was like, uh, I've been over-reading. Yeah. Like, it got to a point where I stopped reading novels. I was only involved in things with health and wellness. Like, I have every journal out of every medical company, out of the Mayo Medical, out of uh, Harvard, out of Yale, out of uh, UCLA, when they, anytime there's a change in something, I want to know about it. And I, that's what I'd rather focus on. Because you just want to make a difference in people's it's lives. It's just like being a Jesus freak or born-again Christian. You just want everybody to for understand. Veggies. That's right. You want everybody for veggies. <laughs> now, what would veggies do? <laughs> so I understand why, because I've interviewed you before, but what is the reasoning behind holistic medicine, being a vegan, like why did you go that route? What did you see in your life that really made you say, I gotta make this change and here's why everyone else should. High cholesterol, I was going to sleep. I was 27 and I was getting girls in my house and I was wanting to hug and cuddle. <laughs> um, I'm gonna get to that point. I wanted to hug and cuddle. We like hugging and cuddling. Right, I know you do, but I'm a male. See, this is this is so important that we say this. Women like the calm, you know, purring type thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm a lion. So I would, you know, get on the back of a wonderful uh, lioness and then bite her neck mm -hmm. mentality. Not to kill her, but that it's just that's my mentality. I have the mentality and I have the fire of a male lion. Um, I started losing that. And it had to be something. And I kept saying, dude, like... He said, man, man, there's so many girls down there. Right, let's go home and go to sleep, man. 
oh, man, you know what, man, I just need one girl, man, to be that one girl in my life, you know. Not saying that's a wrong thing for people, but at 27, that's not the thought process right. that's burning inside you. So this lady named Dr. Jewel Pukram, P-O-O-K-R-U-M, she said, you need a colonic. And I was like, yeah, okay, what's that? <laughs> and when she told you, your response was? What's that? And she was like, well, we're going to uh, fill your body with warm water, and then we're going to release that and fill it with uh, cooler water. We're going to make your colon uh, expand, and and we're going to make it contract. And I was like, how are you going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I hear you, lady, but man, that's a lot of water to drink. Yeah. And I ain't going to be drinking it, homie. Uh, but you are going to drink it, and you are going to be hydrated. And she took, and she had this beautiful old house in downtown Detroit, in the middle of Detroit by Wayne State. And the lady in there went upstairs, this older lady, around 70-something years old, but looked around 50, so maybe 48. So how long did it take you to actually get on board with that? Immediately. Okay. Yeah. And and it's funny because in my real life, in in my regular life, well, in my everyday life, that's a better way of saying it, I don't like my anus touched. So, <laughs> most people don't, most men don't. Not true. Some do. <laughs> depends on the situation. Yeah, it depends on the situation. And then, you know, it, how much vegan vine you, you, you had to drink that night. You can do a lot of things and go, oh, that's interesting. Um, but no, that's just not my So, thing. she explained to you the benefit of how it's going to help you, and you're like, I'll try it. No. She said, this is what you need to do in order for you to live. And she didn't, she didn't give me a choice. She said, you came here. I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it naturally because they wanted to give me pills, and I watched my parents go from insulin shots to every kind of medicine, and, and that just seems to be the migration of, you know, you have these strong Africans living in America, but then when they get to forty and fifty, they become sickly, mm-hmm. and I kept saying it has to be something other than just my cousin you know some yeah. of the strongest people in the world we yeah. came across during the middle passage you know uh, over a hundred that hundred million africans died in the middle passage something like that some crazy number like that and over a hundred years of uh, slave trading so the ones who made it to america were the strongest people in the world we just have to be you know to to live through that and then to live through what we're living through and then to still shine you just got to be strong. And I kept wondering why we I was so weak. And everybody in my family was dying from cancer. And then I realized we all had the same recipes. Yep. We were all eating the same places, buying the same foods, putting things together, adding mixture of salt, pepper, refined sugar, bleached products, uh, Vaseline. You know, all these things that are inside our house was killing us. Mm-hmm. And she explained that. And then when I sat there and I saw this older white woman about to put this tube in my butt. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm here. Like, all right, let's see what it is. And I'm like trying to fight it. She goes, just relax. And she said, trust me, I've been doing this for 40 years. And I was like, two people? She said, no, I've been getting colonics and doing colonics for 40 years. And I looked at her. And what year was this? This was... 1991. 91, since the 50s. Yeah, and this lady was 72 years old. Wow. So I was like, really? She goes, yeah, first I started off as a nurse, and we used to give high colonics. And then we started uh, high enemas. 
um, where they well they started in World War Two. Yeah, so she was way back, and yeah. so I was like, she goes, yeah, I've been doing this thirty years. I know what I'm doing, and it was the best elimination. And when I went into micro macrobiotics, I went down to like two hundred and nineteen pounds. I was only two thirty five, and I, my cousin said I looked like a black match running up and down. <laughs> a burnt match running up and down the court but it literally made me feel better I went through a really bad breakup and she told me I had to get all the parasites of that emotion out of my body of the breakup of all of it because she kept saying why are you angry why are you this why are you violent my daughter is 27 now and she's going through it she can't get out of her own way and she can't stop mm-hmm. crying and I was like I have to help you clean you have to cleanse those parasites out that hold that emotion that you literally swallowed yeah I really believe that too because like if somebody does something to piss you off first thing you do is you hold your breath and you swallow you clench your jaw mm-hmm. and that goes down to whatever parasite and you tell your your body I right, hold this right here and then you get so mad like I tell people you can get so mad that your stomach tightens up your nose flares hair goes up on your back that wasn't even there and your fish clenches, that's literally how your body is designed. So I removed those parasites that make me want to do that. Now, however you come at me, I first observe you, like I said, and then I say, hmm, should I honor, should I bless them with an answer or not? And go back to Dalai Lama, he said, sometimes not getting your way is an unbelievable blessing. Mm-hmm. Right, you, man. I want to go to that club, man. I couldn't go out tonight. I didn't have no money. My car wasn't working. Next thing you know, five people shot at the nightclub. And such as he was like, oh, that could have been me. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing, right? It seems like all those things are obstacles, but really those things are put there to. I look at different. I look at it differently. It's not the glass is half full or half empty. It's just not enough water for the glass. I love that, and I love how advanced your doctor was at that time to suggest these things to you, like colonics and emotional healing. And what would you say, is this part of your spiritual practice, like your beliefs in this type of work? As I get older, and it was a trip because I was wondering if I was an atheist. I'm not an atheist. I was just realizing that every choice made is made by you. Hmm. Every single choice. The choice to be a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim, a Hindi, a Jinn, uh, whatever, your choice. Mm-hmm. To follow that practice, your choice. But most of the time, we are put into practices of spirituality because of our parents. Like I said, the basis of what you think God is, is literally put into you because they, they believe that, so they tell you. So I try to erase when I had this conversation with myself, I went to, I did this show called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. It was 28 days in the jungle. And to everybody else, it was just for the show. But me, I needed to get away. Mm. I had to disconnect because I was literally going crazy. Um, so when I disconnect, no cell phone, no telephone, uh, no, no television, no, no music, nothing. And they, you're allowed to have one thing. And I had a small Sony camera. And I had to say Sony because they paid for that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would take pictures and stuff. And then I was like, this ain't enough. I need a pad. And I wrote down everything. And I wrote my whole manifesto for better life. So better life stands for better eating today, tomorrow, always. So it was better. It had to make it ebonic. Because uh, somebody owned better. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like better, better. Yeah, I like better. So... 
that was it. And so I wrote the better burger. And I was like, how do I make a better burger? And to show you how life changes. Uh, that was in 2009. In 2015, at Seed Miami, I was one of the judges of the first vegan burger competition. And cool. I sat there and was like, I knew better burger was coming because I'm an American. I want to grab a burger, mm -hmm. eat a fry, right. sip on a shake, and sit on the couch. But I don't want to get fat. So the only way of doing that is to have a vegan burger, have uh, organic potatoes dried in air without olive oil, maybe a little bit of coconut oil, grapeseed, and have literally a shake with cashew and bananas and avocados and dates. Uh, that's literally food that my body can use as opposed to my body has to store. So back to the spirituality. I just started realizing as I read the Bible, I was very religious when I was growing up. As I read the Bible, I realized that the only people that are going to inherit the earth are the humble and the meek. It says so in Psalms 37, 10 and 11, it said a little while longer, the wicked should be no more, the meek shall inherit the earth. And then in Matthew 12, 1, it talks about the humble, being humble will inherit the, the greatness of the world. So. When I realized that all the things they said, those two things, and every time we talk about great men and women, they have been humble and meek. Sister Teresa, Gandhi, mm -hmm. um, Martin Luther King, um, Malcolm X, uh, Che Rivera, they have been humble to the fact of saying, I'm not, as, I'm not that important. The after effect is more important. Those humble people are the ones we remember. Those meek ones who stepped in and said, I'm not going to be a part of this. Like I said, if you don't say anything, you're part of the problem. So, but if you say something that adds to it or adds fire to it, it's another thing. So that's my spirituality piece. I look at everything as I am the best person I can possibly be to me. And the, out, and the outcome of that is everybody in the world gets the best person I can possibly be. That's that beautiful. Is beautiful. I know. I'm like, uh, can we rewind that and listen to it again? <laughs> <laughs> to hear the rest of our interview with John, listen to episode 54 of Food Heals. He's also on episode 13 and 55 and in the book, as I mentioned earlier, Food Heals on Amazon. To learn more about John, go to johnsally.com. I hope you enjoyed this mashup episode, Food Heals Nation. Support your local black businesses and vegans of color as much as possible. You can see all my opinions on my Instagram on Food Heals, at Food Heals Nation, and at Allison Melody TV. And I'm also um, putting all the resources at foodhealsnation.com slash BLM, so you can go there for updates. And I'm sure you know many other vegans of color who are changing the world, so feel free to send them my way because we would love to have more people of color on the show. Amplify your voices. Share your stories. I'm here for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Food Heals Nation, we will see you next time. Who else wants a free, fresh bottle of olive oil shipped straight to their door? Let me back up. The first time I went to Italy, I finally tasted real olive oil for the first time. It's not that I had never had olive oil before, of course, in the States, but the difference was I was having olive oil made fresh from olives that were growing on the property in Ravello 
off the Amalfi Coast. It was an experience I will never forget. And I ended up shipping like six bottles of it home because I couldn't bear to go back to store-bought processed olive oil. Well, the same thing happened to TJ Robinson. He's also known as the olive oil hunter. He learned that olive oil packs the most flavor and the healthiest nutrients when it's fresh from the farm. And that's the problem with your typical like supermarket olive oil The olive oil is not fresh. They can sit on the shelf for months, years, growing stale. And that's why I'm so excited that I now get my olive oil direct from small award-winning farms. Thanks to TJ, who I just did an olive oil tasting with, which was so fun. I absolutely fell in love with their vibrant, fresh, grassy flavors. They're totally delicious. They're great on veggies, pasta, salad, you name it. And TJ has his fresh-pressed olive oil club and food heals nation he will send you a full-size bottle worth 39 dollars of one of the world's finest most artisanal olive oils fresh from the latest harvest but he's only going to charge you one dollar to help cover shipping there's no commitment to buy anything now or ever it's his gift to food heals nation so you can get your free 39 dollar bottle for just one dollar shipping taste the difference taste the freshness you can go to get fresh 323.com. That's getfresh323.com. You'll get your free bottle and you'll pay $1 for shipping. Getfresh323.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life, In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. 